just don't want you to worry. This is the part where I can't, I probably, I can't. Right, here it goes. I can't breathe. I'm waiting for the exhale. Talk about pain and the wishes and the wishing will It's Juice World. Hello everyone, and welcome to Stories Juice on the Quad. R.I.P. Juice World, you didn't need to bring that up. I'm sorry! Welcome to Stories on the Quad. My name is Caroline Sweeter, and today I want to talk to you about the art of writing with special guest Sarah Cross. So, fuck, I need like a biography for you, and I don't have Sometimes one. Sometimes I don't know how to feel. <laughs> Let's be for real. Can you pull up your biography? In the middle of this, this interview, the, it's just, just going to be like you This singing. is one of my jams. <laughs> oh, I'm here. My brother doesn't like this one as much. He is a diehard Juice World fan. Yeah. He can't. He couldn't handle it when he died. He was devastated. And so that's why I started listening to Juice World to get closer to my brother. Oh, I love that. And I actually do like him. Sarah is a proud autistic book nerd, lover of music and writer of poetry and fiction. She's currently a college student at Lenore Rand University majoring in English, and you might find her curled up in her dorm room binging a TV show or playing Minecraft until 2 a.m. Hi, Sarah, welcome. Yo, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do have a couple questions for you. I love your writing, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Can you tell me what first inspired you to begin writing? Oh, God. Because I believe you began writing at a pretty young age. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like, oh. Okay, so I didn't necessarily start writing myself. It was more like I told stories to my mom and she wrote them down. And then she was like, hey, what if you like tell me this stuff and I'll write it all in this notebook and then we'll get it published. And that never happened. I never even finished that story. I mean, she told me that when I was even younger that I used to tell her random stuff and and she would write it down. But from a young age, um, I'm what they call the weird kid. So in school, I didn't really have friends. My friends were ones I made up or from books I read. And so I would, I started out really, I had a bunch, I collected Matchbox cars and I didn't play with them like a, a little boy plays with Matchbox cars. I played with them like they were dolls and there were people and they all had names and they had stories and they talked to each other i always said that i came up with the cars concept you know the cars (laughs) franchise yeah they stole my idea (laughs) okay but and for a long time i still kept up with playing with cars i played with cars until i um graduated high school oh wow my mom used to say like that she liked it and then my brother used to say you're dumb like, that's stupid. Why do you keep doing that? It seems like your mom is really supportive of your writing. Oh, yeah. She thinks... Um... She thinks that, um... I'm gonna change the world with my writing. I love that. Uh-huh. She said that's what God told her. That's awesome. And, um... I definitely think... It is a God-given talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I, I do have this talent that, you know, some people will be like, how the hell do you write this in 10 minutes or something? 
And it's like, sure, yeah, maybe there is something inside me that's like a genius thing or something, I don't even know. But I also have worked really hard to get to where I am in my writing. It used to be complete trash. I started creative writing in ninth grade, mm-hmm. and I, I wrote really bad then. Um, I used to just basically copy Rick Riordan. My stories yeah. were just Rick Riordan. And they were bad. Is he one of your like major inspirations for the beginning of your writing? Yes. Mm-hmm. I read The Lightning Thief, which is the first book in the Percy Jackson series when I was, um, let's see, I'd say I was in fifth grade. And I was like, oh, or I might have been in fourth grade, or I don't even know how old I was. I was pretty young. I always read at advanced level than most kids. Um, in fifth grade, my mom gave me my first adult book to read, and I read that. It was about the Holocaust. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then in seventh grade, she gave me another adult book of hers to read called A Thousand Splendid Sons. Have you read that? Mm-hmm. It's a good book. As a 13-year-old, though, it's a lot. I don't know if I would have been able to read that at 13. It's a lot. And Yeah. But my mom has never had never censored my reading. Like, it do was you think only... that's like really important? Yeah, I think so. Like, sure, I didn't understand some things that were happening, but I think it was really, I think it was a really important thing because, like, I mean, she was always having trouble, and even teachers were having trouble trying to find something I could read on my reading level that wasn't so intense for me because. In, in the third grade, I was already reading on a ninth grade reading level. So, um, they couldn't find, half the time the teachers couldn't find something for me to read that would fit my reading abilities. And then as a kid, I just read all the time. I could read like four to three, like three to four books a week. Wow. Um, my mom would buy a book, like a Rick Warden size book, and I'd read it in a day. <laughs> Um, my Nana bought Girl. all my books all the time. She would be talking to a Books A Million cashier and going, Oh yeah. what's the new stuff that's come out? What's the new stuff Love for the it. young adult, the middle schoolers? <laughs> and she'd just give me all for this random grader. stuff. Love it. And I would, I would read it. She's the one who got me Percy Jackson. Um, she just said, she would give me a pile of books. And I would look through them and be like, I don't know about this one, I don't know about this one. And one night I picked up Percy Jackson and I... I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Percy Jackson is, a, is a, he was he's a twelve year old boy, gets into trouble all the time. He has ADHD, dyslexia. He doesn't feel like he fits in. He has an awful stepdad. His mom just married him for money, basically to survive off of. He's just nobody, and then he discovers after his mom gets kidnapped or something like that that he's a demigod, and he goes to camp. And he yep. trains, and he realizes dyslexia and the ADHD are all, like, demigod skills and stuff. And I just could relate to him, and I felt like he was my friend. He's persassy. And I loved him. He That's became awesome. my best friend. And he still is. <laughs> he, uh, so, like, all that stuff really inspired me. I just always wanted to write stuff, like, mm-hmm. like Rick Gordon stuff. But then... I wrote really bad stuff in ninth grade. But then I tried out poetry to deal with... Is that your niche? Someone hurt me. And I wrote that. And that's all I wrote. And then I realized that poetry helped me survive. I could be in my lowest moments, and then I'd pull out my phone, and I'd start typing. And I'd be okay. There's a song 
Um, I'm a huge BTS fan, and a lot of their music inspires me, especially, and has been with me from the origins of my writing. There's a song um, called First Love, and it's a solo song of one of the members of BTS, and at the time, he was my favorite. His name's um, Min Yoongi. His stage name is Suga. Uh, he also has a rapper persona that he uses for his mixtapes called Augusti. Um, he, earlier, he's an angry boy. He's got a lot of anger, and but he's also a musical genius. In the song in First Love, it's in Korean, but it's almost done like a like a spoken word mm-hmm. over this That's like cool. beautiful instrumental where he talks about the piano leading him to his love for music and then he starts talking to the piano and it's almost like a, this dialogue between him and music and how music is everything to him and it has saved his life I mean there's a line where he said he goes I I uh like I I grab my my uh, crushed shoulder and I said I can't do this anymore and you were there and you told me no idiot you can really do it mm-hmm. is that like, something that you relate to just in a different medium yeah exactly okay. poetry is the it is the voice the same as him and I'll think about that line like you know like poetry was the same for me it's like I, I've been I've crumbled in a bathroom stall and felt like everything was gone and done for and I just wanted to give up and then I'm just like a line of poetry pops into my head I'm really happy you're still here and so I'll write it and I would write it with tears streaked all over my phone screen and I could barely type and then I'd get frustrated so yeah I would say I'm just curious at this point is there a reason you type rather than write yes okay so for one I can't read my handwriting worth crap. <laughs> um, and two, I write like I think, and I think like like really fast. My thinking is like okay. So typing is just easier. It's it's how I keep up. Yeah. Okay. With my brain, and I like it, and I'm faster at typing because I'm a, I'm a, I like to game, and mm-hmm. my thumbs can do it. So yeah, I type things. I always have. Some people still don't understand how I can type, though, a story like this. But I do. I usually write everything on my phone, and then I edit it on my computer. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't really write stuff, because I can't read anything I've said. Because when I get really fast, I can't read anything. And I have to go fast, because that's how I write. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the poetry was more like a survival thing. And then stories are just really great to tell. It's a bit different with a story. Because you can be more craftier. I feel like poetry is supposed to be vulnerable. And I'm fine with that. I, I like it. Um, the music they're playing out here is... Um, yeah. Perfect. Whoever's, um, yeah, whoever put on this tape is but, uh, a good taste. So, that's a long way to answer this. But writing <laughs> is like breathing to me. I okay. don't think I could live without it. I, It's been there for everything and without it I don't know who I would be it's like in so, it's like my blood it's I couldn't be without writing and I think that shows honestly anyways mm-hmm. and it I does. know when I haven't been writing like that uh, 
there I'm obviously can you it, tell you can like tell emotionally? Um, my therapist can tell oh wow she'll be like Sarah have you been writing lately and I'll be like no and she's like I think you should write and then like you're right I probably should write and you know like there will be times where I just like I feel so much that I just don't even know where to start mm-hmm. and then I'm just like you know what Sarah you just need to sit down and you just need to write and so I'll sit down and I'll do it and all this stuff comes out that I didn't even realize so yeah wow that answered your huge question I guess it was a broad question it was but But writing means a lot to me I do have another question okay um (laughs) I don't think it's not on here but um what advice would you give to your ninth grade self because you told me that your ninth grade self wasn't a very good writer so what piece of advice would you give them yeah, you can't write a short story right now, but you will be popping out short stories like that into the future, so don't give up. So a lot of hope. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, not even that, just, um, please start reading other people now. Now, please. Don't just read the <laughs> same stuff. Um, yeah. I did start late in my variety of reading. Finally, when I, uh, high school is when I discovered magical realism. Oh, magical realism is one of my favorite things i was like i want to do this the first book i ever read of like like legit raw magical realism is was uh i crawl through it by a.s king um and don't you think this is cool her 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 name is is like asking oh yeah a.s king is um a YA author of magical realism. She writes about really dark topics. And I crawl through it. You are reading through the main character's point of view. It's been forever since I read it, but her name's Stanzi. She always wears a lab coat because she wants to be a scientist and she never takes her lab coat off. Her parents are never at home and you can obviously tell she's going through something. She has a best friend named China who was raped and ever since she got raped she is a walking she turned inside out and she's a walking esophagus one day she's a walking stomach one day and no one sees it except for Stanzi. and then Stanzi also has a best friend named gordon i think or something like that and he works on an invisible helicopter that no one can see except for Stanzi. she can see it on thursdays the helicopter represents mental illness oh so I was like, like a really interesting story. This is a weird book, but I love it. Yeah. And That's so awesome. I was like, I'm gonna read everything she has, and I tried to. And she has also a book called um, Still Life with the Tornado. And it's not as weird. It's still kinda weird. But it's amazing. And the main character's name is Sarah. Oh. <laughs> so it's hard to explain. I do have a quick question about your current work. Uh-huh. So you're currently working on this collection called Through the Time Folds, or I guess this story. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about what inspired that, what it's about. So it's probably gonna be a novel if I can actually write it. Okay. Um, that's the that's another milestone I'd like to accomplish. I've written short stories and I can complete short stories, but I've never finished a whole like novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like a small story I wrote for class because like we had to put in like 20 pages of fiction and I was gonna put other stuff like I was gonna do my uh I have like these short stories I want to write about a fictional soccer team and I was gonna do that but then I 
what I wrote, had written was really bad. I didn't, well, it wasn't bad. It was just not what I wanted to do with it. And I was like, I can't figure out what I want to do. Like, how I wanted to write, like, the style. And then, so, I had read, um, or I wasn't even finished with it, but it's called, uh, This Is How You Lose the Time War. And it's about time travel and a war and, uh, two women writing letters to each other. Uh, there's more to it than that. It's a really complicated book, but, um, it inspired me and made me think about, like, what if we have, a be- beings that travel through time to make sure things work out? You know, like, uh, like, work the way they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I came up with the origami, and I don't really know why they're origami, but they're origami. The line just popped into my head, the first line. Origami crawled through the tall golden grass, and I was like, okay, I'll write that. <laughs> And I What's was like, with it? this yeah. is just, this seems like it will be cool. Sterling wasn't even, she was just some girl that Origami talks to at first. And then she became more. Um, I really like Sterling a lot. And she's been in my head lately. Which is not always a good thing. Because Sterling's pretty cynical about life and everything. Where she's at. But she's a writer. And there's a lot of me and her, but there's also more people. I don't like bees. I hate this song, so this isn't on its point. This is like the worst scenario, a bee in a bad song. He's just interested in your Gatorade. Sexualizing. A body. The shape of your body. He's not gonna sting you. Do you just wanna stand up? I don't like bees. He's just on your Gatorade. Why is he yeah, on my Go over bee? there. <laughs> Buddy. I um have a very bad pain. He's not gonna sting you. He'll go away soon. A yellow jacket got stuck in my hair. Um, oh god, no, ow. It stung my head. Mm-hmm. Very funny. And then from there on I wrote bees as a metaphor for anxiety. <laughs> so it also represents anxiety to me. Even though I know the honeybees are dying. I don't know what kind of bee that is. What is that's... That? That's a yellow jacket. Really? Oh, fuck my life. Yellow jackets, no, no, no. This is all gonna be a podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, Alright, dude, come on. I don't have the patience for this. What else, bro? <laughs> Like, what's up with this bag? You're not going to get anything from the bag. My mom gave me that bag. She bought it at Publix. Nice. There's books in there, so maybe he wants books. You want to read? A busy bee wants to read. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this the kind of bee that will die if it seems you? Okay, he left. Uh, no. Okay, then, yeah. That's scary. Um, I th- Actually, I don't really know. I don't know a whole lot about yellow jackets, but... I don't know. I think either. that might just be honeybees. The honeybee is the one that... Like, their whole half of their body gets ripped out if they sting you. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, I think we're safe for now. Um, Okay. But thank you so much for talking with me, Sarah. You don't have any more questions? (laughs) No, I'm actually starving. What time is it? 3.56. Yeah, I haven't eaten a whole lot today. I ate onions. And I was in the calf, like, eating food, but I didn't Dude, I threw that thing away, and it had a muffin in it. Damn! And it had a chicken nugget. I wanted that chicken nugget. We'll get all these books though. Okay, thank you so much, Sarah, for taking your time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course.